Don't know what you had in mind But here we stand on opposing sides Let's go to war Let's go to war! Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we've got ourselves a preview of the Giants-Jaguars game. I'm going to be there in attendance. I'm undefeated in Giants games that I've attended. So, very excited for another win, Justin. 6-1 uh, and one feels right around the corner. And I'm, I don't care if it's, you know, take you know take it easy, take it easy. I'm, I'm excited about this game. Yeah, very excited. Um I'm kind of excited to be home. It'll be a little bit of a different change of pace for me. This is my only second game where I'll be home. Uh, you're undefeated, like you said, at Giants games. I want to go through those Giants games very quickly. Dolphins versus Giants, Monday Night Football 2016. Odell goes off. Yeah. Was it 2015 or 2016? It was 2015. Yep. It was, Tom Cough- it was actually Tom Coughlin's last win as a New York Giant. Dolphins versus Giants in the in MetLife 2019. Eli's last game, I was there for that, which is like a moment I'll never forget. Uh, beat them. And then 2020 was the COVID year. And then 2021, Bucks Monday Night Football, Jason Garrett got fired. Arguably my biggest win. And then versus <laughs> the Eagles last year, uh, the week after a win. So I am 4-0 and in Giants games that I've attended. Let's make it 5-0. and Let's make it 5-0. and Let's win some games. Um, I actually am... One, I'm excited for every Giants game, Justin. But I'm excited for this game against the Jaguars because I really think this game is a great test, like a good barometer of like what exactly are the Giants. Because they've, you know, they've won two good games versus the Packers. They've beat bad teams like the Panthers and the Bears and Mitterrand. But I feel like the Jaguars are a team where like the Giants can kind of run their stuff and we'll have like, like the Jaguars are what I'm saying is are just balanced. In every facet of their game. You know, there's nothing that they're crazy. Like, they love to spam this. Like, no, they just kind of do some basic stuff, but it's diverse. In the pass game and the run game on their offense. On their, you know, they're, they spread the ball around a ton on their offense. On the defense, you know, they, uh, you know, they're, they're really good stopping the run. So there is that, but we've been, uh, you know, I think we can still run the ball on this team. They haven't been as good the last few weeks. Um, and in the pass game, like, Tyson Campbell's very clearly their best corner. But, like, he still gives up a decent chunk of yards per game. And then, you know, the other, you know, nickel corner and then their other outside corner, Shaq Griffin, those guys give up a decent, like, they, but they spread it around. So I just think this is a good test for the Giants because we're not outmatched by talent and we're not clearly, like, just in a total better situation than them, like we were maybe the Panthers. Yeah. The Giants have also won three games in a row, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, the Bears, the Packers, and the Ravens. So they're on a winning streak. Two of those games at home. They've also just in general had an insane amount of games at home to start the season. They had one game on the road against Tennessee and then one game at a neutral site 
versus Green Bay. The rest of their, you know, four games have been at home to start the season. So that's even something too. And that's just like a routine thing. I wouldn't necessarily call the, the Jaguars having home field advantage. There's probably going to be more blue in the crowd than black and green anyway, which I love that, which that's one of the reasons why I love those Jacksonville Jaguars games. Cause you know, Giants fans, you know, they probably migrate down South anyway, like a Bobby Skinner does. Oh, I've been getting like millions of DMS, no matter how many times I say, like, I don't have a tailgate. Yeah. So I'm just excited to see what the Giants do in a game that they're not favored, but I guess they should be favored. But they were, we're expecting them to go out there and win despite them winning three games in a row and then playing on the road and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so let's talk about this Jags team because this Jags team isn't great, but it's also not horrible either. Um, their defense is number 10 in scoring, 21st in passing, and third in rushing. But the last three weeks against the Colts, the Texans, and then the Eagles, so two pretty bad teams. They are seventh worst in the NFL in scoring. They've only gotten three sacks. They've only created one turnover in those games. And their defense would be twenty ranked 26th in scoring, 21st in passing, 23rd in rushing. So they started off hot, their defense. I think it's come uh, down to earth, so I think it's worse than their raw statistics show. But basically, I think the way you can beat this Jaguars defense passing-wise, because they are they still are good you know, stopping the run. Like That was heavily influenced by the Jaguars or the Eagles having like a 210-yard rushing game versus them. Um, they play like single high, like some cover three stuff, but they leave crossers open. Like they're middle of the pack blitz rate in the NFL, but they, they're not showing like throwing exotic blitzes. Like a lot of times they're truly just out of a five-man front. Like they're like, they got five guys down the line. They're sending those five and that counts as a blitz, which, uh, you know, cause it's more than four, which leaves, I think the flats, it leaves them open. You know, Matt Ryan was getting to the running backs very quickly in the flats. And then they were leaving crossers open wide open, you know, whether it was, you know, like Michael Pittman versus Shaq Griffin was just killing them and they were leaving zones vacated. So I just think this is a game where you can take advantage of them underneath. Like, and that's what the giant, where the Giants passing game has most noticeably been i just found my giant factor without saying it can you guess who it is just by your description there is he a single digit number or no or in the teens in the teens yes mine's in the teens so maybe mm, maybe don't we, we skill don't position a, we gotta yeah we gotta I, I, let's just say i'm picking before you and giant factor this week so maybe adjust your giant factor oh crap all right um <laughs> So, like I said, they, they're just kind of like a bland defense. And but here's my like, question to you. Here's my okay, question to you. Go for it. This is the most important thing for me. They're, they play single high. Defense coordinator, you know, research Rick always clips up the opposing uh, the opposing positional coaches and D coordinators and press conferences and stuff like that. Their main priority is stopping Saquon Barkley. 2-6-2-6, two, six, two, six, as their defense coordinator said. As, as that should be the main priority, right? My dog just freaked out. Um... How's their pass rush? Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, um, and can the Giants, you know, do they have the time to run those horizontal concepts of maybe running those crossers and then delivering those crossers down the field? Their pass rush is essentially just Josh Allen. Um, you know, like he's had a very good year. He's a, he's an awesome player. But Trayvon Walker lines up over the right tackle mostly, and then Josh Allen lines up over the left tackle. Not solely. Like I think it's like probably like a 65-35 split with those guys, you know, playing each side. But Andrew Thomas, like I have no fear of him versus Josh Allen. In fact, guess what? Remember college, you know, tw- you know, a sophomore year, Josh uh, Andrew Thomas dominated 
uh, you know, coming into college, we wanted him to be the sixth overall pick, Josh Allen, that year. You know, and I remember Dave Gelman even referenced that as being like their first time Andrew Thomas came on their radar was was playing against Josh Allen in Kentucky. Um, so there's that, and then Evan Neal, like he won the battle versus Trayvon Walker in college. Yeah, you know, and Trayvon Walker's been pretty underwhelming to start his career, which I guess is kind of expected with the type of prospect he is. Like I don't want to, I don't want to dump on him because I wasn't, I didn't love him as a prospect. But again, like through the first six games of, of his career, he's been pretty underwhelming. He had a great first game where he had a sack and interception, and then he's kind of died off since then, where he's not getting a, a very much pressure at all. Um, so if they let Josh Allen go against Andrew Thomas a good amount, like I'm fine with that. And the Giants, by nature, are keeping tight ends to, to chip and help. And mm. I would assume that that's there to help uh, versus Josh. Like, like you can have kind of a, a mindset of like you help. Help Evan Neal, and then if Josh Allen's on Andrew Thomas, you leave him on an island. But I, I actually think we're going to run a, a tip, not the exact same thing, because I don't think anyone's going to do what the Bears defense did, but something similar to what the Bears defense, where it's like they're going to stack the box versus us. Like they're a team that stacks the box anyways, and then you have the Saquon Barkley type, they're going to stack the box. So let's bring three tight, let's bring a lot, let's bring all these players that aren't great run stoppers against the box in, and let's see how well you can stop our run game. And if the priority is going to be stopping Saquon Barkley, then maybe we do have a repetition of that Bears game. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't predict this because the Giants have already shown this on film. But those play action fakes, man, there's a reason why play action is so effective in the NFL, is because even though you you may know that it's coming, you have to account for, even if it's for a split second, a half a second, you have to account for when a quarterback reaches out his arm to hand off that ball to running back, you have to account that that may actually happen. So, uh, you know, even though we want to see more conventional dropback passing, uh, just in general with this offense, some more play action fakes with how effective Saquon Barkley is and you know how, you know, how much of a weapon defenses view him as, uh, utilizing that a little bit more against a single high system may be effective. Do you agree? I agree 100%, and I think the crossers are going to be there off that play action. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see a team that plays the Giants like the Bears did, where Daniel Jones just gets these these runs of, like, 20, 30 yards off the boots. But what it does do against a team like the Jaguars, who, like you said, they're probably going to try and sell out to stop Saquon Barkley, um, which, by the way, I don't think is the best way to beat the Giants, to be honest. Um, guess what? That's going to leave those... That's going to suck the linebackers up, and that allows the crossing route to get open. Where when teams like the Cowboys, teams like even the Ravens, they didn't have their linebackers sell out to stop Saquon Barkley. Well, guess what? They stopped a lot of what the Giants were trying to do and play action. Um, now, those teams are you have better dropback success, but I think this is a game where we see a lot of those heavy personnel. And Saquon Barkley is just better running out of the heavy personnel this year anyways. Yeah, yeah. Something I would just want to keep an eye on, too, because... The Giants offense has done a great job of not turning over the ball. Daniel Jones has like one legit interception. I think there was an interception that came at the end of the half against Green Bay, if I'm remembering right. For and then DJ? There were, yeah, there's, he has two interceptions no, there was on the year. One versus the Titans, and then the David Sills slipped for, at the end of the Cowboys game. Oh, well, I get, that doesn't – they were going to lose that game anyway. So two interceptions on the year, one really – One real interception, and real it was week one. Um, yeah, David Sills slipped anyway, so that's not on Jones. And then – he had a fumble towards the end of the first half against Baltimore, but really there's but like that, one. That was a Hail Mary play. So there's there's two real turnovers Jones has had. Yeah. It's the interception versus the Titans and then the fumble when Jeffrey Simmons hit him versus the Titans. But that's even a play where it's like, I don't, like, you know, I said not every fumble is created equally. Like, you get, you get a left guard that's beat initially and you're getting hit in your backswing. Like, I'm not I'm not mad at you for fumbling that ball. That's yeah. on the on the, on the the O-line. 
Yeah, so basically, the whole point of me bringing up turnovers is the first four games of the season, Jaguars forced, respectively, three turnovers against the Commanders, three against the Colts, two against the Chargers, and then one against the Eagles. They have not forced a turnover the last two weeks, and they have lost both of those games to the Texans and the Colts, but um, they have the potential. This defense does have the potential to force uh, turnovers and bunches, and I've been happy with the Giants' uh, offensive output in terms of just playing time of possession and running a lot of plays and not turning over the ball, but that's something that this Jags defense can do. I love to see a, a deep shot, though, this week. Like, I want to see some some deep plays, and we got Slayton, we got Mark. I, I think this is the week, you know, Shaq Griffin has gives up big plays in, like, in almost each game that he's played. Um, so I think this could be the week that maybe we finally see a shot since like Sterling Shepard versus the Titans in week one. Anything else on the Giants uh, or the Jaguars defense before we move to their offense? Nope. Uh, one, two. Nothing in week three. I think Daniel Jones has taken three or four attempts of 20 plus yards this year. That's it. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Like they're not passing them up because they're not putting them in the playbook. But at some point, we got to get vertical. Um, all right, the Jaguars' offense. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Giants, where it's not like they're not feeding one guy. They are balanced in their pass versus rush attack. Um, they run not cra- They don't not running some crazy concepts, but they are good concepts. Um, they run. Let's let's start with their running backs. Like they have this two-headed running rushing attack with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Robinson's averaging fifty-six yards per game on four point two yards a pop, and then Etienne fifty yards per game on five point six a pop. Etienne's definitely the one that worries me a little more. Like he's more of the home run threat. Um, they have a diverse run game scheme. Like they they run you know they run zone gap. They pull their guys, but it's also nothing crazy. Like they. The craziest thing they'll throw at you is like is a wham play where it's just total misdirection. It was actually That's your my favorite. Number, yeah, it was like my number one run of the week versus the Jacks. But it's crazy because the Giants' run defense just isn't good, anyways. I versus zone, I think we're better because we have Larry Williams and Dexter Lawrence. Um, but anytime you're coming away from playing the Ravens, it's like a relief of who you're playing, stopping the run wise. Like it doesn't matter who if you're playing the second best rushing team in the NFL. It's a huge relief to not be playing the Ravens. Well, let me ask you this, too, because I honestly think it's dependent on a week-by-week basis, which this requires me looking at box scores for the Giants, but I feel like it's been a week-by-week basis where there are some times where Wink will kind of concede. All right, we're going to kind of allow you to run the ball a little bit. Like this past week against the Ravens, it was putting another safety in the box, like Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, especially Julian Love against Mark Andrews because the main priority was stopping Mark Andrews and playing man coverage on Mark Andrews. So there have been some games where the Giants have had more linebackers on the field, like against the Titans. They had two linebackers on the field basically at all times. They did a solid job of stopping uh, stopping Derrick Henry. There have been some games where they have taken linebackers off the field, they've put more secondary players on, and then lo and behold, the run defense has been worse. So what do, what do you think in regards to that? They like you said, they stack the box pretty pretty frequently. Um, they but it depends it. with who. I mean, it's not just that's about what I'm going to say. It's the, the personnel. Like you bring yes. Dane Belton in, and then you run three D linemen. Like it's it's not great versus a Ravens type. But I think I think what the Jaguars do is pretty basic. I, it's kind of similar to the Giants' run game, where it's like it's they just kind of try and do a good job of executing 
a diverse run game, but they're not hitting you with double pulls like the Ravens. Um, they're not stuck in zone like the 49ers, and they're not stuck in gap like other teams. Like I, I think it's very similar to the Giants in their run game. Um, so I'm anticipating f- some misdirection at you. So I'm anticipating more conventional two interior linebacker sets. Yeah. This this game, right? You're you're anticipating that too. Yeah, because one, yeah, Evan Ing- like they don't have Evan Ingram. Uh, we know him pretty well. He his average depth of target is very low this year. Yeah, um, in fact, below ten. He's having a, a career high in catch rate, but career career lows in yards per reception and yards per game. Second lowest career uh, season in yards per game to the last year by five yards. Like he's only averaging thirty two yards per game. Uh, this year, so he has a, a low average depth of target. Um, so maybe I just I don't think they have any fear for Ingram. Like maybe they bring in these three safety sets, and we know like we're going to see some of those, but I don't know if we're going to see as heavy as we did versus them. And again, they have this good rushing attack, so I do think this is a two inside linebacker type week. I also don't think unless Evan Ingram is already catching the ball with some sort of momentum. Like on a drag, um, on a crosser, uh, vertical, vertically down the field, I don't think Evan Ingram is worthy of like being concerned of when he gets the ball in his hands, unless he gets up to speed. Because I don't think he's very quick. I think he's fast. I don't think yeah, Evan Ingram is very quick. So yeah, I agree. Um, with Trevor Lawrence, uh, they run a lot of zone beaters. Well, guess what? We play man coverage. Um, here's where Trevor Lawrence worries me versus other games the Giants have played. Where Lawrence spreads the ball around pretty evenly. You know, like Christian Kirk, 25 catches. Marvin Jones, 27. Ingram, Evan Ingram, 24. Marvin Jones has 18, but he's only played five games. So, essentially 22 if he played six games. That's what worries me because we haven't really faced that. I do think these are the best receivers. Now, we all clown Jacksonville for signing these mid-wide receivers over the offseason, paying them a lot of money. But just look up and down the schedule right now. This is the best wide receiver corps we'll be facing so far this year. I think the Panthers is better. Well, quarterback, yeah. Yeah, I guess like quarterback, wide receiver. Even like the cow, just having CeeDee Lamb makes me respect the Cowboys a little more. Um, but just as a whole unit, I think these, like, there's three. Yeah, there's three solid ones. guys. Yeah. Like in Marvin, like Zay Jones is leading them and catches. Um, you know, there's a lot of times I was watching a film. I was like, who's that running that nice little out route? Like it's Zay Jones. Um so that's what worries me about Trevor Lawrence is one, he's he's overall accurate. Like quarterbacks that the Giants have faced who can get to their third and fourth reads have been inaccurate because of pressure. Um that's where Trevor Lawrence worries me. Is like he can get to his third and fourth read and be accurate with it. And he's, you know, good at reading stuff pre-snap and, and fu- like seeing what the Giants are gonna give up. But also with Trevor Lawrence, he is the type of quarterback where you give him one pre-snap read and you throw some crazy blitz at his ass and he throws an interception because he kind of he does have a little bit of panic in the pocket in him. Yeah, I think this is an opportunity to build off of what you did in the fourth quarter last week for this Giants defense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has four interceptions on the season, two of them versus Houston two weeks ago. Uh, he's taken 10 sacks on the season, four versus the Eagles and the Colts. So, hey, look at... Uh, Look at what the Eagles did. Look at what the Colts did. Let's try and replicate replicate that kind of stuff. And also, you have Trevor Lawrence lost four fumbles against the Eagles. All four of his fumbles on the season were lost 
against the Eagles, zero against other teams. So uh, I want Wink to get after it. And especially you know, when I say I want Wink to get after it, maybe that's not even like, oh, I want all these crazy elaborate blitzes. But if Aziz, I want to send pressure to his ass every single game. Like, if Aziz is going to be back, though, I mean, this is what we've talked about, Bobby. One of the most dangerous things in football when it comes to defense is the ability to rush four. And if you, if we can finally have Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, which will he'll probably be on a pitch count anyway, but Kayvon, Aziz, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence. If we can have all four of those guys on the field at the same time and they can win some battles, that'll be great. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm very excited because I think we can have a day versus Trevor Lawrence. Uh, any, anything else? They run a ton of screens. I wrote that down. A lot of screens. Um, and then they're just balanced passing, rushing. Anything else on the Jaguars defense? We don't have an interview this week. Please forgive me, but we're going to go to segments after this. We're going to go to segments. So it's actually funny. The One of the first things that we saw the Giants working on in training camp because they blitz so much, because they run a lot of man coverage, is actually their defensive linemen recognizing screens. So I'm excited to see if the Jaguars are going to run a lot of screens to try and beat man coverage or beat all the blitzes that maybe the that Wink Martindale wants to do. I'm excited to see how those defense alignment, how they're going to take what they did in training camp and build off it this Sunday. Have we gotten beaten on any screens this year? Uh, there might have been a third and long. I think we maybe even versus the Titans. Wasn't there? I don't know. I, I there's There may be one or two in there, but I don't remember it being a chronic problem. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. Come uh, hang out with me at the Giants game. I'll be there. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. I've got the app on my phone, and I used it to buy my tickets to the Jaguars game. Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts tickets from the all over the web in one place to make buying simple. D- okay, I felt pretty bad putting out that Evan Ingram return video. Yeah, I did too. I didn't. I didn't want to put it out. I I kind of wanted to make it only an, an only a Patreon thing. It's just Evan Ingram's such a nice guy that like I don't feel like just like kicking him. You know, no, it's like I, you know what? It's 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 you know what? He's a grown man. He can deal with people making fun of him having some drops. But it was a great video. But that I video feel, blew up too. I did feel a little bad by doing it but you know what we can all deal with jokes SeatGeek rates every ticket from zero to ten to make sure you are getting a good deal green means good red means bad every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee so you can shop for tickets with confidence don't worry we've got the hookup use code giants for twenty dollars off tickets at SeatGeek that's twenty dollars off your first purchase with promo code giants make sure you click the link in the description to download the app come on pay attention in there let's go we got a beautiful day work play fast play fast Whoa! Ah. All right, we now welcome on to the program our meteorologist, Daniel King. Danny King, what's the weather looking like in Jacksonville this week? It better be right because I'm going to be there. It will be right, and it's Florida. It's what it is basically every day of the week. It's sunny. Uh, it's going to be sunny the literally the entire game. I don't know if this is cold for Florida. It's 72. I don't know if y'all will find that pretty That's, cold down I mean, there. T- yesterday... Or on Wednesday was the first time it was woke up and it was cold this week, hmm. this year. So, yeah. But I mean, like, it's I, like, s- look, I got a jacket on. First time Damn. since probably February. <laughs> it's tough down there in Florida. But it's going to be 72. It's going to be windy, 11 miles per hour. Uh, the humidity is 64, so it shouldn't be, like, too bad. But it might still be, like, kind of, like, kind of gross. Uh, yeah, it's legit just going to be sunny the whole game. There, there's nothing special about this weather report. 
this is how you know the weather in florida is good is like i had to do something that made me sweat and then i didn't stay sweating for the next hour being outside afterwards so that's just unreal um just just the best weather of the year so all right i'm excited for it danny before we get into our fantasy draft do we have any trivia this week we do. I got two trivia questions. This one's just going to be quick and easy. This is the first one. Obviously, we're playing Evan Ingram again this week. Uh, Giants legend. Everyone loves Evan Ingram. Don't think anyone's ever said anything bad about him or put out a video mocking him. Uh, so, how many drops did Evan Ingram have during his Giants career? So, from 2017 up till 2021. How many drops in total? Now, and I now, know... if you're wondering where I got this from, it's from PFF. So I may I have this exactly. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember, right, so the first year. I'm just... I know for a fact it, there was 11 in 2020. I know for a fact there was 11. I'm going to guess 21. Mm-hmm. Bobby? I'm going to guess 18. PFF had Evan Ingram down for 29 drops. 29? Twenty-nine. That's not drops. right. That's not right. Unless I, I did the math. Pro Football Reference, tra- there, it's so crappy that Pro Football Reference tracks things so different from PFF. Because I know for a fact, there were, how many did they count in 2020, Danny? Do you have 2020, it up? 2020, I do. 2020, they counted Evan Ingram for eight drops. Eight? Yeah, I, I knew he had eight. He had, 11 in, he, he had 11 in 2017. What in the world? 29? 29 drops. That's what uh, they got him they down had 11 for. and 20. No, they have him down as 11 in 2020. PFF? P- pro Football Ref. Oh, you're using PFF. Yeah, yeah Danny's I using PFF. I oh, remember- so I'm using Pro Football Reference. So Pro Football Reference has him as 24, but 2017, they didn't count drops. So I mean, Danny's well, right. Yeah. Oh, Danny is right. Okay. Yeah, because twenty. <laughs> yeah, trivia, right. Billy Trick. Get it doubted now. No. See, I forgot that he had been, was there in twenty seventeen. I mean, that's it's my it's, bad. it's still pathetic that he had that many draws, but that's besides the point. Twenty nine. Yeah, it's disturbing. But you ever eight, see? Uh, you ever see? I'm sorry, Danny. You ever see? Yeah. Uh, Crazy Stupid Love, where? I'm not. Um, no, that's that, actually the first time you had a movie reference we didn't know on this podcast. <laughs> well, it's also like a really corny, like romantic movie, mm-hmm. um, where Julianne Moore uh, c- uh, confronts Steve Carell and. Uh, I think he slept with nine women after they got divorced, and she's like, nine? Nine? <laughs> nine? All right, Danny. That... Nine? Uh, what's, the, what's the real trivia question? Eight New York Giants have caught a touchdown pass against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can you name the last New York Giant to do it? So eight Giants have caught a touchdown pass against the Jaguars. Who was the last player to catch a touchdown pass against the Nobody Jaguars? Nobody caught a touchdown in that uh, 2018 game. We had Saquon had the long run and then field goals. We lost twenty to fifteen, I believe. Oh my God, so this is twenty fourteen. Where they no, they got shut out in twenty fourteen. They got shut out in twenty fourteen. <laughs> so it's two thousand. It's sometime in two thousand ten. I'm gonna say twenty ten. I'm gonna say Hakeem Nix. Ah, oh, that's my first guess. But uh, who was a tight end in twenty ten? I don't even know. I'll. Did we get shut out in 2014, or was there a big comeback victory? No, there was a sh- no. That was like should Tom Coughlin get fired? Game. But no, I think they blew a, a lead in that. You know what? Because maybe I'm doubting my Giants memory brain. I'm gonna say like Ruben Randall. Mm-hmm. Bobby, maybe maybe we say? did get a. I maybe we Hakeem did get a touchdown. Nicks. 
The answer actually was. Yeah, we didn't get shut yeah, out. I knew that. I, we I, were up like 24 to 7, and we came back. You legitimately scared 24. me. You legitimately scared me because as I had the name down, I was like, wait, no, we scored a 2014, I think. Uh, the giant that last did it, last touchdown pass caught. Well, it's not Hakeem Nicks. We'll no, no, it was. I oh, Stony Brook legend. It was Preston Parker. Wow. Anyone wow. remember Preston Parker? Some flunk of a giant. He played three years in Tampa, two in the Giants, and then he fell out of the league in 2015. But, yes, he was the only giant. He was the last giant to have caught a touchdown pass in a game. Oh, yes, in a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, we were up 21-3 to in that game. Oh, um, it was a collapse, not yeah. a shutout. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't a shutout. Um, so, yeah, we were up 21-3 to in that game. We blew it. I remember, um, I remember we had like a – some type of like get together for family that day. Let me pull it up. I just and Preston Parker got caught with a lot of drugs. They were casual Giants fans, and I just wanted to punch them because I think they were saying fire Coughlin, and I was like, "How dare you!" Like the man won us a, you know, it was for my sister's birthday. It was literally on my sister's birthday. Um, good old yeah. Preston. It was my sister's uh, ex boyfriend's parents who were Giants fans. Oh. And they were talking about how they need to fire Coughlin, and I just I wanted to punch them in the face right there. All right, let's uh, get into the fantasy draft. We've spent way too much time on the on trip. Most time we've ever spent on trivia before. Danny will be picking first. He's in second after a twenty-eight point outing. He's twenty-nine points off the lead. I'll be picking second, still in the lead. And then Justin had uh, a first the best outing last week at forty-two point eight points. He'll be picking third. He's still in last, but he closed the gap to thirty-four points. Where uh, it's it's starting to it's becoming more of a competition after last week's game, which I said last week. Like this is a week you guys have to gain ground or it's over. So, all right, Danny, you are picking first this week. Who are you picking from the Giants Jaguars? It's Saquon Barkley. No, I'm not going to dwell on that. We all know who it was going to be. Yeah, it's it's this is an obvious week. The the Jaguars have a split back system. Their receivers all spread around picks, and obviously the Giants don't have any wide receiver you trust. Um. This guy gets receiving targets, and I think he's been better as of late compared to James Robinson. I'm going to go Travis Etienne with my first pick. Like I, th- I think he's the better back out of him and James Robinson, and like he's the younger guy, so they eventually want to play him more, and, and he's more of a receiving threat than James Robinson, so I'm going Travis Etienne. But Justin, you got back-to-back picks. I think this is a solid week to have him. Yeah, Etienne's a good pick because the Giants have given up they're tied with two other teams. I think the Chargers and the Seahawks, they're tied with those two teams. They've given up the most 20-plus yard rushing plays in the NFL, and ETN is kind of their uh, they're kind of their home run threat. So the only question is, is do I want to go with the Giant first just to make the draft look a little bit better? Yeah, I'm going to go with Wondell Robinson first. Damn it, you SOB. Um, I'm going to save some thoughts for that later because either Bobby or myself will have thoughts on that. And then I will go with James Robinson, who's the number one running back for the Jaguars. So I guess I'm getting the guy who's third on my big board, but I was hoping that like the guy who's anyways, I'm going to go Christian Kirk. I mean, he is their number one wide receiver as far as yards. Uh, Zay Jones has more targets or more catches than him, but Christian Kirk, he gets their most yards, but it worries me though going any picking out any wide receiver one versus Dory Jackson. But I am going to go Kirk, and and you know what? Maybe maybe they put a Dory on Zay Jones, kind of like they did with the Panthers, where Zay Jones is the faster guy, 
and they throw the other guys on Kirk. So uh, Christian Kirk is my first, second pick in the draft. Danny, you got back-to-back picks. Danny, can't wait for you to take Evan Ingram at some point in this draft. Somebody's got to take Evan Ingram. It's one last time taking Evan. This will probably be the last time Evan Ingram is ever taken in a fantasy draft. I hate you put that out there. Because um, if he stays, I guess he's probably not going to stay at the Jags for four yeah, years. But just, this just, is this is the last time. Just stop thinking about Evan Ingram. It would be right? funny just, if nobody picked him. Just stop thinking about Evan Ingram. Uh, I'm going to take. Uh, I probably you know I'm I'm going to take Zay Jones right here. Yeah, I think that's I will. a smart bet. And then, just because I think he has been turning it around recently, getting some targets, actually falling kind of in favor with the coach and staff. Uh, nope, that's a lie. He didn't really give me much points last week. Oh, do I just do it here? N- no, I'm going to take Daniel Bellinger right here. He gets consistent looks. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to rock Daniel Bellinger right here. Damn. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting emotional right now for probably the last time ever in a fantasy draft Evan Ingram is off the board I'm going Evan Ingram I was so close to taking him but I just he let me down one too many times and if he scores a touchdown on Sunday I'm gonna Evan Ingram is either going to totally choke in this game or he's gonna go off there's only two options here if the Jacksonville wins, it will because of Evan Ingram. I, I like Evan Ingram that. will not have five catches for 38 yards. Like he's either going to have eight catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown, or two catches, 12 yards, and a drop. But I'm going Evan Ingram. Justin, you got your last uh, last picks. Do you yeah, get I'm- cute? And uh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to. Oh, you know what? I should have done something. And all right, never mind. Oh, I'm between two guys right now. What else? There's is a new? smart pick here. If you don't pick it, you're dumb. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the with the Jaguar. And has Marvin Jones been taken? No. I'm gonna take Marvin Jones. He is on the injury report, so smart of you to pick him here. I would I could definitely see it as a Justin thing to pick him in the fourth round and make him not tradable. Yep. So you you can't trade him if if he's not gonna play. So take Marvin Jones. That's a smart pick. Last pick. Last pick. Darius Slate. Damn, you guys are going pretty pretty similar to the Bobby Big Board this week. Actually going with the Big Board is a scary thought. All right. Shut up. I'm in first place. <laughs> I am just going to keep it simple. Marcus Johnson. Oh, God like, I know it. Marcus Johnson's getting reps. Richie James could lose his job this week. I'm not going to get cheat with the tight end. Going Marcus Johnson. Danny, who do you got with the last pick of the draft? So that means Richie James is still on the board? Yeah. Then Ooh. just g- give me Richie James. He's been pretty disappointing the last three weeks. He has, though. but I'm just looking at everyone else. Does he have like, like three d- catches over the last three weeks? I honestly don't know, but I'm just looking at everyone else. Like Dan Arnold's not like, maybe I should have went Brita. Maybe. That's probably maybe the smarter pick there. But, I mean, Dan Arnold does nothing. Manhurts does nothing of note, I should say. Uh, Hudson Myrick, I mean, that's just a crapshoot there. I think, Mar- if if anything, uh, Richie James, maybe he can contribute Jamal something for me Jamal Agnew. Week. Danny, you made your pick. You can't change it. Does that, yeah, is, I, have, I have no interest. Is yeah. anybody done? Is everybody done? Yeah, we're all yeah. done. All right, so uh, I will be claiming Jamal Agnew, who has two touchdown catches on the year, um, if uh, if my guy Morvin Jones can't play. So. All right, well, you got to get that out to us by 9 a.m., um, 9, 9, 9 a.m. on Sunday. You have to 9 a.m. on Sunday. 9 a.m. Okay. Sunday, baby. All right, time for uh, Giant Factors. Danny, you are first this week. This week, I'm going to 
I'm gonna rock me some Julian Love. Uh, Julian Love obviously had the massive pick in that uh in the Baltimore game on Sunday. I I, I forgot who tweeted out. It might have been Duggan, but just talk about how like Julian Love like saw he wasn't gonna be able to get to Lamar in time, and then dropped back at the coverage, which led to him getting that interception. Julian Love had just uh had a great year so far in this Wink Martindale scheme. Him and this uh, Xavier McKinney helping hold down the secondary back there. I like what Julian Love brings. Uh, they're gonna probably try and make Trevor Lawrence feel uncomfortable in the pocket on Sunday. Uh, I, I just like what Julian Love brings. And seeing Julian Love succeed makes me happy because he's not only a good guy, he's a good player, and he's been through some tough times with this team. So uh, he's just balling out. I just love to see that. Julian Love, maybe add another pick. And that was also the first pick of the Giants season right there. So Julian Love, you're my Giants factor. We need a snowball effect with Giants interceptions. Like for the rest of the season, we're just interception kings. All right. My Giant factor, he's not a Giant. Well, he is. But in stature, he's not. In snap count, he's only gotten 23 snaps as a New York Giant. But I'm going with the young man out of Kentucky, Juan Dale Robinson, at five foot eight. Their slot corner uh, is five foot nine this week, so there's not a huge size advantage. They give up what? They give up the flats. They give up crossers. They give up these short routes. And we saw Juan Dale Robinson in 23 snaps has four catches. He had three catches and 14 snaps on Sunday, and he had a drop. You know, it could have been four and 14, and they were all big plays. Uh, you know, the third and third and long conversion, a second and long, a touchdown, another deep, uh, another third and long that he ended uh, he had on the drop. So, Wandale Robinson, you are my giant factor for Week Seven versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, because really you're the only skill player advantage we have outside of Saquon Barkley. So you're the only receiver who's like, this guy can be a dude for us. So Wandale Robinson, be a giant factor. Justin. And if the flats are open, I'd like uh, Wandale Robinson to take advantage with yards after the catch, which that was going to be part of my speech, because Wandale was going to be my giant factor. But I have to go to my secondary guy. My secondary guy is going to be Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence is taking up all of the spotlight. He's the Rolls, he's the Rolls Royce in Wink Martindale's eyes. When Wink Martindale was asked, hey, why is Dexter Lawrence playing like 100% of the snaps? Wink Martindale's like, yeah, we got to sit him down a little bit. But if you had a Rolls Royce, wouldn't you want to drive it all the time? Leonard Williams, man, you don't have a QB hit yet this season. You don't have a sack. You have two pressures. You've only played three games. You haven't been fully healthy. You've also been playing so much edge as an edge rusher lining out outside the tackle that you are qualified on certain like ESPN win rate metrics as an edge rusher. That shouldn't be. We got to get you back in the interior. Aziz Ojolari, hopefully going to be healthy, ready to rock and roll. That means Leonard Williams is going to get back in his desired spot in the A gap, in the B gap. Leonard Williams, go out there, be a giant factor, get after Trevor Lawrence, get your first sack of the season, help the team win. All right, time for spread picks. Everybody went four and four last week, except for Danny King, who went five and three naturally. He is in first place at 27 and 20. I am second at 23 and 24. Um, I've won the last two Thursday night football games to get to 500. I'm like, ooh, I'm back at 500. And then I go three and four on the Sunday uh, uh, lineup. The listeners are 22 and 25. 
And then Justin is 21 and 26. Before we get into these picks, who are they brought to us by, Danny? Well, of course, obviously, we're a football show. But if you love the NBA, I mean, if I'm NBA fans, I'm excited because the wait is over. The NBA is back and basketball is back with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bet and partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their win is up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Uh, so obviously, let's just talk about the Nets suck last night. Uh, so I don't know if you want to be going betting on no Brooklyn Nets. The Knicks also got embarrassed last night. So I don't know who really the vibe is of who's a favorite to win this year. I see the, the Warriors Nuggets, uh, tonight. If you're listening to this on Friday night, that's a pretty big matchup. 0 and 1, 1 and 0. Do you guys have any like NBA storylines or any games you're excited for? The Nets, Bobby's still in on the Nets, Justin, big NBA guy over there. Oh, huge NBA guy. I love all the basketball. I know you love all the basketball because especially with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where everyone should go to bet on the NBA. So right now, I need you all to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code JOHNBOY. You know JOHNBOY all too well. And make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code John Boy, of course, an official sports better partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. All right, Thursday night football. This is actually probably the Thursday night football game I'm least looking forward to. Um, I like I love Bears versus Commanders. I don't care what anybody said. We've got Saints at Cardinals minus two and a half. The listeners represented by Joel Volpe is going Cardinals minus two and a half. I'm going Saints plus two and a half. One, the Saints seem to always just find a way to win when they're on primetime. Like, no matter if they have Taysom Hill at quarterback or if they're playing the best team in the NFL, they just find a way to win on primetime. And I just think they're a better team than the Cardinals. Um, so I'm going Saints plus two and a half. Danny, what are you going? So here's my concern. Uh, the Call of Duty campaign came out today. Kyler Murray is playing on tonight's game. He sucks on any time Call of Duty releases. However, the Saints are hurt. The Cardinals are getting DeAndre Hopkins back. I'm going to have to take the Cardinals at minus two and a half on the good old Thursday of nights. All right, Justin, who are you going? I will be going with, it's actually kind of crazy, on an EPA tier, the Saints and the Cardinals are like the same exact team. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins is back. They want to make a statement. I say Cliff the world. Do we think Cliff Kingsbury is out of a job at the end of the season? Yes. I ain't looking good for him right now. Cardinals, like, if this doesn't work out, like, it's kind of like, what happens for them? Do you want to know the best thing? They're on hard knocks in season. They've, they've, like, sold out for, like, being good now. Like, what happens? Packers, and also, anyways, I'm not going to do a Cardinals rant. Packers at Commanders plus five. Danny, where are you going on this? Like I know they got embarrassed by the Jets and they got embarrassed by the Giants, but I don't think they will get embarrassed by the Commanders, and I just don't think it will be close, especially with Carson Wentz having this finger injury. Is I'm not sure if he's playing this week. Taylor Heineke he could also be better than Carson Wentz. That, that's another thing for that's a story he for a different better. day. He probably is. If we're being honest, but uh, maybe the Packers will make things more simple this week, like Aaron Rodgers requested. I'm also going the Packers. Um, I just wanted to say this is a horrible slate of, of, of games this week. Like, I had to add this. There's there's some games in here. Like, I have no business being in here, but the games suck. The listeners are going Packers. Justin, are we doing a clean sweep? Nope. I'm going Commanders. Whoa. There we go. 
Someone got mad at me last week. It's like, how could you root for the Eagles? I was like, well, they're playing the Cowboys, and there's playoff implications. Let's look at the numbers, baby. Browns at Ravens minus six and a half. I almost wrote down Ravens for myself, but I turned that R into a B, and I'm going Browns plus six and a half. I think the Ravens win this game, but I, this is too big of a spread for me first with a team that has Cleveland's talent. They like to run the ball, and it's the divisional opponent. Um, there's no way I'm not going Browns plus six, six and a half. Justin. Browns offense is low-key good. Um, they're running the ball extremely effectively. Uh, Kevin Stefanski's really good offensive coach. Got to get that defense in line. I am going to go Browns plus six and a half. Yeah, the Ravens, I mean, they've, they've been in close games. They're free and free against the spread. The Browns are two and four. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to – no, I'll be different. I'll go Ravens. I think they'll I think they'll have a pretty dominating week this week. The Browns are two and, a, two and four versus spread? Yep. Feels like they're better than that. The listeners are going Browns. Jets at Broncos. Min- Broncos minus one and a half. I wanted to get cute, and I like part like in my brain, I'm still like Russell Wilson's got to turn around at some point. But you know what? I'm just going to trust my eyes with this Broncos team and trust that they're bad. And the Jets are fun and good, so I'm going to go Jets plus one and a half. Uh, Danny, what do you got? Yeah, I mean the Jets are four and two against the spread. I said last week I, that was a uh, Jets Packers was a game I was watching, and it turned out I was right. Of course I am. What's new? No, but I will be taking the Jets because, like you said, the Broncos are frauds. Russell Wilson fraud. Nathaniel Hackett fraud. The Jets. Russell are... Wilson may not play though because he's dealing with oh, yeah, an injury. He's got who would be starting injuries? at quarterback versus the Broncos, and when was that guy's last win? Oh God, who would be starting at quarterback and last win? Uh, oh, wait. Oh, they showed him on the sideline. What's his name? And Pat Shermer's return to MetLife Stadium, week three Thursday night football, Brett Rippian beat Sam Darnold in the Jets for the Bron- with the Broncos. Uh-oh. Thursday night um, football legend, Brett Rippian. He's still on that team, Brett Rippian? Oh, my yeah. Lord. Listeners went Broncos. Justin, who are you going? Uh, I'm going to go Jets. Wow, we're all agree- Imagine us all picking the Jets in a week. Chiefs at 49ers plus two and a half. Justin, what do you got on this? This might be the best game of the week, I guess. Unfortunately. 49ers. Super Bowl rematch. Good defense. Offense is average. I'm going to go Chiefs. What about you, Danny? I am going to be going 49ers because they have a better record against the spread than the Chiefs do. And I feel like the 49ers are just for some odd reason going to make make this game fun. I think they'll make this game fun in uh, San Fran. The, the listeners are going Chiefs. I, I'm i going Chiefs as well. But Danny going 49ers worries me a little bit because the 49ers are the team that like you don't have much respect for, but they play, one of the, be- they play the best teams in the NFL, and all of a sudden they end up winning that game. So um, I think that's what will happen, even though I'm picking Chiefs. Seahawks at Chargers minus five. What do you have in this, Danny? See, I don't know because obviously Geno Smith is good and the Chargers are also good, but they also kind of crapped the bed last week against the Seahawks. Or every but a, week. Yeah, but I'm a Chargers guy. And I mean, they're just still, I just love Justin Herbert. I'm going to take the Chargers this week. I'm going Seahawks. The Chargers suck. Like every week they are like finding a way to like shoot themselves in the foot. I'm going Seahawks plus five. Too big of a spread. Like, Chargers may win this game, but they're not covering it. They're not covering that. Yeah, Justin. the 
these are two really bad defenses. Um, they're two really they're really bad against the run too. It sucks that Rashad Penny um, is out. I think for the entire year. Um, Kenneth Walker is running like a grown man right now. They were two of the best running back duos in the National Football League, but Kenneth Walker is still taking care of business. Seahawks covering. Geno Smith is playing out of his mind. Steelers at Dolphins, Sunday Night Football. Dolphins are favored by 7-7. Seven seven. Justin, what do you have on this? What is going on at quarterback for uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I, I'm presuming? No, I it's two, two I might think. Be back. Two is back? Mm-hmm. That, that makes it tough because I love me some Tua. Um, I am going to go see I'm, I'm Steelers plus seven. It's Sunday Night Football. Wacky things always happen Sunday Night Football, um, and they're, and they're going to cover. Danny? I'm just concerned how this got deemed Sunday Night Football worthy. That's my main concern, but that's a story for a different day. Uh, I'm going to take – what's their name? It's the Dolphins because is Kenny Pickett playing this week? Cause did he suffer a concussion last week? I don't know if Kenny that, – that wouldn't factor into my decision, but I just – it's still – I just don't – like the Steelers I just don't I think the Dolphins are a better team and if two is back I like their odds against the Steelers than I do the listeners went Dolphins I quit the Steelers but the Dolphins worried me I'm going Steelers plus seven and then Monday night football baby two of the best offenses in football we got the Bears at the Patriots minus nine. I'm all back in on the Patriots. Every year, the Patriots have done this where they start out slow and then they fire off and win six, seven games in a row. Exact same thing this year. I don't care who's starting at quarterback. It's supposed to be Mac Jones. I don't care if it's Bailey Zappi. The Patriots are, are covering this spread. I'm going Patriots minus nine. Justin, who do you got on this? I feel like Monday night games are worse than Sunday night games. They're just some, there's some sort of magic that makes Sunday night games so awesome. Uh, Patriots minus nine. Those will be bad. Listeners are going Bears plus nine. Danny, what are you going? Oh yeah, this is gonna be awful. This this is gonna be awful. But I will also be rocking uh, the Patriots because they're just a better team than the Bears, and the Bears are just in such a so just shambles right now. Justin shambles. All right, it's time for score predictions. But first, Justin, you'll be glad you did. Oh, yeah, you'll be glad you did before you even did it, before you even know what you're doing. And what you're doing is you're going to True Classic. That was good. You hear that? It's sports season, baby, and our sponsor, True Classic. They got everything you need to make the most of that lineup. Whether you have abs or steel or a soft cream-filled center, finding the right T-shirt can be terrible. It's not fun, not great, not ideal. Most T-shirts are too tight in all the wrong places or way too big and boxy, but not True Classic. This is the brand behind the softest, most flattering, and most comfortable t-shirt of the year. Athletes may have jerseys, but we have True Classic. True Classic is the one-stop shop for your favorite casual crewnecks, polos, and activewear. I kind of need to make my dress a little bit more diverse. I think I have too much activewear. I need some crewnecks, need some polos, especially when I'm going out, and it's fall, it's getting chilly, and I'm telling you, they give all those expensive brands out there a run for their money. These are the uniforms you need in your closet. They do the styling. You do the wearing. It's that simple. So what I want you to do, I don't want you to drop the ball, guys. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code GIANTS. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code Giant, strengthen your core wardrobe with True Classic today. You'll be glad you did. All right, time for score predictions. Danny, what is your score prediction for Giants at Jaguars? 
Giants are going to win. It's just more of a question of is it going to follow the same script as their previous games? Or do they dominate or do nothing in the first uh, three quarters and turn it on the fourth quarter? Or are they just going to have it on the whole game? I hope it's second because I don't want it to be sweating out a Jacksonville Jaguars game. Giants win, though, uh, 20, 28 to um, uh, 16. Justin, what is your score prediction for Giants Jaguars? I've predicted the Giants to lose the last two weeks against the Packers and the Ravens. Should I continue that? Just no, to... just do what you think. That's what we all do on these predictions. You got to give your honest prediction. Twenty-seven, twenty-four Giants. There we go. Well, guess what, guys. You may not care about it, but I still care about Doug Peterson being a little b-boy and choke and quitting a game. And you may say, oh, well, that worked out for the Eagles. Did it work out for Doug Peterson? He lost the locker room and ended up having to be fired or, you know, slash quit because he realized he couldn't handle that locker room after that travesty that he did. They stole a playoff berth from him. I don't care if it's 6-10. I do not care. You know who else stole playoffs from us that year? Evan Ingram, who single-handedly lost us games. Lost us Thursday Night Football versus the Eagles. And also, guess what? I am undefeated in Giants games that I have attended. So that means this is a guaranteed Giants victory. And it's not going to be a little one. It's going to be a big one. And the Giants are going to beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville with me in attendance. 77 to zero we appreciate you guys we'll see you we'll have a hotel pod after the game enjoy your weekends enjoy a giants victory we're going six and one we'll see you then until then let's go big blue <laughs>